0: Faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap tall buildings in a single bound. Look up in the sky—it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman podcast. Superman was created by Jerome Siegel and Joe Shuster. Hi, I'm Stephen Biscotti. And I'm Justin Candelaria. And you're listening to. The Saturday, Saturday morning, morning Superman, Superman show. show. <laughs> <laughs> you almost got the point right there, man. <laughs> we we need to do a little behind the scenes for one of these episodes, so you see us doing it because uh, it's just a lot of fun. You, like, I kind of want to do it on again, Instagram or just for like the that? sake of doing it. What oh, do you the say? Intro? Yeah, but just, like, we'll do it again for the sake of this episode. And it. we won't edit it out. We yeah. edit it out? Okay, let's do it again. One, two, three. <laughs> oh, wait, wait. And we invite all of you on the count of three just to say the Saturday morning Superman show with us. I guarantee you, <laughs> you will smile and it's just going to put your spirits and so, so great, so high and so great that you'll feel as if you're like Superman- above the city of metropolis just sitting on a cloud enjoying you know a nice little podcast and drive
1: everyone in your household crazy like (laughs) what is he doing in his room or what is she no know, know, if you're no guy or girl you know whoever like all all people of all kinds are welcome to watch all right all right
0: on three one
1: two three the saturday Saturday morning morning superman Superman show
0: All right, everybody! It's the Saturday morning Superman show, uh, your podcast about Superman and animation across generations. <laughs> 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 and uh, we're also brought to you by, in part, by Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic shop located in Forest Hills, Queens, New York. Woo! A little piece of home. September fourteenth, nineteen ninety-six. It w- it was written by Hillary J. Bader. And it was directed by Toshihiku uh, Masuda. Uh, it's a very important episode uh, it sounds, for a few it reasons. important
1: because we got the introduction of one of his weaknesses, one of Superman's weaknesses. Kryptonite. Kryptonite, the little green rock, you know, just put it right next to him, he'll probably faint.
0: And it's kind of cool, you know, when you really think about it right now. And I, I guess maybe how important this episode is to us because... Mm-hmm. Kryptonite wasn't introduced in the comic books. It was introduced oh, really? on, on on the radio show. Oh, that's and right. That's what it said. The radio show is what inspired us for our opening that Dan Gottlieb did. And so to think that in the history and in the natural lineage of Superman that, you know, he goes from page to radio. And that, like, let's say, like, if somehow time folded in on itself and the radio show happened now uh that could pretty much be the saturday morning superman show an episode about kryptonite i think is really special and uh if we go a little over on this one just bear with us because there's so many aspects about this episode that we want to talk about justin a little piece of home i'm ready to talk about it whenever you're ready to talk about
1: oh, it. Oh, i'm ready for my piece of home
0: okay let's <laughs> begin
1: that didn't come out as well as i thought it would <laughs> what's up doc
0: (laughs) (laughs) i don't think we really need to talk about the intro today so we've talked about it so many times i feel
1: like we should just like let it go and just ramble on we'll
0: take a little bit of a break but uh i do want to say that there are a couple things of note is that of course yes uh kryptonite appeared in the radio series first uh lex Luthor uh appeared in action comics uh issue 23 in 1940, and it's kind of interesting to think that Action One was in 1938, and it wasn't until uh, nearly two years later that you would get Lex Luthor. And now I think Lex Luthor is one of those guys that whenever you think of super bad and you say, "Oh, who's the bad guy?" Everyone will say Lex Luthor, mm-hmm. kind of like with Batman and the Joker. Yeah. And when you think about it, Lex Luthor wasn't even really a part of Superman. You know, for like my my grandfather, you know, he grew up with Superman. And so when he was reading Superman, Lex wasn't a thing Mm -hmm. and then he became a thing. So I think that's kind of cool. And this is a very Lex centric episode
1: because Superman, Lex Luthor, Batman, Joker, like both of them will make them like great and iconic because they they each have a villain that connects to both of them is like, you you know, with Lex Luthor and Superman, you know, Lex Luthor needs Superman to have, you know, an arch enemy. Superman needs Lex Luthor to have, you know, a challenging, a nemesis, you know, someone to stop, you know, so that he could be the hero that uh he is and lex Luthor's obsession with superman just grows and grows and grows throughout throughout time to where you know that's all he thinks is is superman
0: we open a little piece of home with a robbery inside the goth uh, the, oh my gosh this ain't gotham this the- is metropolis <laughs> steven it, it, there's a robbery inside the metropolis museum of natural history as as lex is about to uh, uh he's giving the introduction to the grand opening of a new wing Mm -hmm. Very important wing that we're going to soon find out why it's important. Of course, you know, there's some crooks, some random thugs that are that are breaking in uh, and Superman's going to stop them. But it's cool because you see a little bit of Lex and Lois talking with one another. And I do want to bring up again that in A Little Piece of Home, I think part two It was either part two or three where Lois is saying to Clark, like, oh, yeah, I went out with Lex. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah, I dumped him. (laughs) And it's kind of interesting to see how the relationship between Lois and Lex was that, yeah, she totally went out with him and she dumped him. Uh, It's interesting to see how Lois and Lex have that relationship that's already in existence. And that really harkens a lot back to uh, the Lois and Clark uh, New Adventures of Superman TV show. Uh, Specifically season one, in which uh, Lex, played by John O'Shea, uh, it's very well established that he had gone out with Lois Lane, played by Terry Hatcher. So I like seeing the relationship between the development of Superman characters in both animation and on screen, especially early 90s. Uh, It totally works. But um, Superman comes in, and he's standing in front of uh, an exhibit where there's a glowing green rock, Yes. And, like, you know, he's doing the whole, you know, you'll be lucky if you get out in 5 to 10. And that very big Superman kind of talk. And then the guys are like, oh, like, you know, something's wrong with Superman today. Let's get out of here.
1: He must have a stomachache.
0: It's a stomachache or something. Yeah, I mean, might, like, I don't know why he's I don't know crawling. why he ate
1: for lunch, you know. Probably. It's just like a green rock. I yeah, mean, it's... It's just a normal green rock, you know. it's you can't know. be anything. Yeah, it's just emerald, you know. just yeah. an emerald, you know, finally the museum. Just, it just glows, though.
0: just emerald. that You know, right now we need, um... I feel like we need to throw in like a clip, like a soundbite of Lex Luthor from uh, Batman versus Superman, uh, talking about kryptonite. So we're gonna let, the... let, let let's try and do that. I we're was thinking the scenes. That. The capes are coming. Yeah, the capes <laughs> <keeps> are coming. <laughs> but uh, so super, so Lex opens up the museum to everyone and is publicly humiliated because he sees that the museum just came under attack. He sees Superman in there. Of course, Lois is by his side and she's helping him out, and then Superman takes off, and it seems like something's definitely wrong with um, Superman. But then we get to Lex Luthor reviewing the videotapes Mm -hmm. of the security footage from the incident, and he notices that the rocks visibly made him weaker. Uh, But this is really where we're we're introduced to Mercy Graves. First appearance. Uh, It's her first appearance ever in Superman history, uh, she's a voice by Elisa Edelstein, uh, who you may remember from House. She was on the TV show House. Oh, she, was. Uh, she was. also on Ally McBeal, and she was on a great episode of Frasier. But uh, Mercy is like his bodyguard assistant. And it's cool because Mercy just uh, received her first live-action appearance in Batman v. Super- Superman Dawn of Justice. And she was played by Tao Akamoto. And uh, it's a very different take on the character than we see here. But Mercy, as she was later introduced in, into the comic books, you find out that uh, she is part Amazonian, and she, she received a lot of fight training from like her sisters on Themyscira. Themyscira. And so that plays a little bit into this episode when you see just how strong she is. Um, but of course Lex is at Star Labs, and he's talking with uh, Doctor Peterson about kryptonite and the properties of kryptonite.
1: And he's drooling over this green rock that could potentially kill Superman.
0: Yeah, and it's such a great, great moment because, like, you're seeing Lex at his best, but also yeah. at his worst. Where it's like, okay, Superman has a weakness. Now I want to exploit it. And I love the the I. It's such it's such an iconic episode because it does. You could easily drop into a little piece of home without having seen less son of krypton or fun and games yeah and you don't need to know anything about superman and this hits on all the beats mm-hmm. you have kryptonite you have lex you have lois you have superman and it's such a cool episode
1: it's like without kryptonite there's like no lex Luthor because there's like there's no like motivation for lex Luthor to like make the uh, unstoppable uh, machines that could kill superman with kryptonite later on in the future Which I don't know how it goes in uh, this show of like what he's going to make with Kryptonite, but I'm interested to see it because you know, the iconic Lex suit that we all know and and (laughs) love, you know, that uh, we also see him wear in Supergirl. Actually, Steven hasn't seen those episodes though, even though I'm really trying to get him to see that Lex suit there because to me, that's the best live action version that I have seen. And when we think of the Lex suit, it's you know, Kryptonite mixed in with it.
0: Yeah, I, I really can't wait, you know, I, I really like Supergirl for a lot of reasons, Um, and, and I hear John Cryer is amazing as Lex, uh, I can't wait to get to that. But one of my favorite scenes in Little Piece of Home is where Alex uh, and Mercy they pay a visit to like this big like muscle bound like tough guy. My. He's at like a boxing bag, and it's like that quintessential where he's just like a big muscle head dude. <laughs> it's
1: like a cliche where you just edit yeah, and and the
0: score in this episode is so uh, fantastic, it's so forties because yeah, it has that 40s sound, and it kind of reminds you a little bit of like like Michael Giacchino's score from The Incredibles. Incredibles. Uh, cause it's very jazzy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you see him like boxing and Lex is t- basically saying to him like, look, you know, I want to recruit you and, uh, for, for a job. Mm-hmm. And the guy's like, I don't do heists in Metropolis. Like mm-hmm. ever since, you know, the big blue guy showed up, like I moved out. And <laughs> so that kind of leads me to a lot of other areas about Superman, the animated series that are worth talking about. And the idea that, you know, we're getting that acknowledgement that when Superman arrived in Metropolis, a lot of like the local crime and a lot of like the basic criminal element just moved out of the city because they yeah. were like, we can't compete with him. Yeah, And I think also the political or the socio-political implications of that is that are these criminals potentially moving to areas like Gotham City where they yeah. realize that, okay, we stand a better chance doing what we're doing in Gotham as opposed to Metropolis, mm-hmm. which leads to more of like the economic uh, downturn of Gotham. Uh, and more of like the economic upturn in Metropolis. But you also get a great moment where like the guy flexes and he's like, (laughs) oh, like I could stand up against Superman. And he's being really chauvinistic. And uh, uh, Mercy comes in and she like kicks the speed bag like right off the the hook. And then the guy's like, whoa. she's interested sure she is aren't you baby don't call me baby uh and (laughs) and then she's like don't call me baby and lisa edelstein is perfect as mercy because again there's a feistiness to it that attitude and an attitude and a toughness and the confidence and that's an aspect that the Superman animated series really uh, works uh, really well with where they show a lot of women characters, not as damsels, but as like independent characters. Own. Yeah, they could hold their own for sure. Like Lois and
1: in that episode. Uh, what was it? The last time, Kirtan part.
0: Oh, and three? like yeah, part yeah, and, and part three, yeah, part and pretty two? much all of like Lois's episode, she's always doing something really cool. And and as Superman animated progresses, when we get to Livewire and Mala. And characters like that, uh, you see a lot of like the inner strength uh, and authority of the women figures, which again kind of leads back to what we were saying about *Last Son of Krypton* Part One. Uh, not to really take away from Lara's portrayal, yeah. but um, they made Jor-el so cool in that mm-hmm. that it would have been interesting if there was maybe a chase sequence involving Lana, uh, Lara, wow. and uh, and maybe seeing a little bit more of her. Uh, do something on the level of Jor-El. Uh, I would lo- have I loved to see that ex- uh, explored. Uh, and with my faux pas of calling her Lana, I feel like <laughs> Lana, as you get more of her in this series, you- again, you see a lot of confidence and and maturity on her part. Uh, that's really cool to see in animation. It's something that for like mid-90s, they could have easily skipped over, but they didn't. And I think that's another aspect why uh, this episode holds up
1: yeah, um
0: J- Justin I, I want to point out that a little piece of home reminds yeah. me a lot of Supergirl season 1 where you see Lex testing the limits of Superman's strength where you see him te- testing him against his speed and against his invulnerability and his strength and uh, You said Maxwell was the one Maxwell Lord in- yeah by Maxwell Peter Facinelli played by Peter Facinelli did exactly that in in uh, Supergirl season 1 so I highly so recommend, yeah, and I highly recommend everybody check out Supergirl season one, because if you like Superman TAS, season one really uh, felt like a live action interpretation of that, just swapping underrated. out yeah, Superman with Supergirl, and it worked.
1: Yeah, it was very underrated, and Maxwell Lord, who was, the only other work I've seen him in was Twilight, which sadly I only saw that actor in Twilight.
0: And now you have Robert
1: Pattison as Batman. We're bringing that Batman. up? Are we really bringing that up? I will go on for an hour. <laughs> ranting about that i mean again he has the looks but i just don't know about the acting capabilities for I, i'm
0: for it i i want to give him a shot i'm
1: semi for it i'll give him a shot but then again i'm still scared
0: it's matt reeves directing it so yeah so at least that, going to that, be that, be that could save it, with it. You know? but this is a great sequence because after superman's uh testing his limits uh t- uh to superman that he's being tested uh, you see, uh, like, that big tough dude, he flies into a construction site. He's got a jet pack on his, on his back, and he's, like, this big, you know, strong, you know, Hondo-looking dude. <laughs> Superman follows him in, and the guy's, like, really cocky, and Superman's, you know, Superman's not thinking anything of him. Yeah. But, uh, again, it's pointing out that Superman's not always paying attention. Yeah. Kryptonite's hanging above the room. Superman doesn't see it.
1: Or the camera just pointed directly at you. I was wondering, like, do you not see it? And so
0: it's interesting because, again, like, I want to really, like, bring up the idea that Superman doesn't always see everything. And he sometimes misses things. It's not Um, perfect. And now the guy just beats the tar out of him. (laughs) He's, like, kicking him. And he's, like, overconfident. Very cocky. And Superman's in a lot of pain. And of course, the guy, as he's getting more confident, as he's taking on Superman, Brings he's him like away jab, from jab, cross, jab. He's like this real, like arrogant guy. It's like, shut up,
1: Lex. I got this. Yeah, and then Lex is like, him.
0: get him back to the middle of the room, he's you like, moron. It's like,
1: no, 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 no. I got this. I got this. Don't worry.
0: And of course. You know, he moved out of the center of the room with the kryptonite. Superman grabs some. He did a wrestling move on him, by the way. Yeah, he totally did. Like he grappled him, and he like just like they wouldn't like. That was such a cool move on Steven Superman's would, part. Steven Stephen
1: probably loved that part, part the I most. Didn't, I
0: didn't pick that up. And Justin, until I, I gotta said say, it, until you said that, in all the times of me seeing this episode, I never thought of of Superman doing a wrestling move, and it's so cool. And you must be you glad know.
1: you brought me on this show. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. You know that, and Bibbo, have, yeah, Bibbo. Bibbo. We have we have Justin's boy. favorite character, Bibbo. And, uh, Voice to perfection by Brad Garrett. And, uh...
1: Bitbill reminds me of, like, how, like, when we watched the Orville, like, fit the, the little, like, booger. Oh, booger yeah, guy. of sure. course. It's yeah, like, totally. he just comes around every now and then just mm-hmm. to say something.
0: And so, Lex and, uh, Mercy, they're back at, uh, at, Surprise. you know, the, uh, tower. And, uh, Mercy's like, you know, I'll excuse you too, because she sees Superman hovering, you know, right at the se- side the building. And of course, like they have their confrontation, and and you it's know so they're so casual
1: too, and just like, hey, how you doing?
0: Yeah, they, they're you know, it's uh, I guess my first word would be that I mean, there's to lack of a better way to explain it. They're having a pissing contest, yeah. obviously, and it's like uh, every
1: single encounter they have with each other in some yeah. way, Superman just has to take a visit and just like, okay, so what's your next plan? Yeah,
0: and it's funny because Superman definitely antagonizes Lex in the idea that like, all right, you're not gonna win, and then Lex is like. Right in his face. And I got to say the direction by uh, Toshihiko Masuda is fantastic. I mean, the iconography of of the artwork that Bruce Timm created is brought to life so well. And I like how Lex tries to make a deal with Superman and Superman refuses. Mm -hmm. Uh, The point of Lex is say that, like, look, I have something that could kill you. But if you look the other way and you allow me to go on with my operations, I'll let you continue, you know, doing what you're doing. But you just have to look the other way. Of course, Superman doesn't bite. And it ends with Superman flying away and, like, saying, well, then I guess I'll have to kill you. Doesn't
1: that kind of remind you of the scene from Batman vs Superman, the movie where he has Martha?
0: Oh, completely, yeah. And uh, I, I feel like, you know, I'd be remiss to say that, especially in the Ultimate Edition of Batman v Superman, Uh, which is a much better movie than than the original. Longer, but better. Um, There's so much more characterization to Lex and you understand his motivations. You understand more of his performance. Uh, Here's a little shout out to a podcast that I've really been enjoying. It's uh, Batman v Superman by the minute. It's by two guys from Screen Rant, Steven M. Colbert and Andrew Dice. They're both the co-hosts of that show and they dissect Batman uh, v Superman by the minute. So each episode is a dissection of each minute of the movie and they're doing from start to finish and they're very objective. They like the movie. There's aspects that they don't, but the amount of time they spend with that movie, it's undeniable at how much people really missed, you know, when they were watching it. Yeah. And I highly recommend checking that out. Um, I really love the podcast and I really love how much, again, you see how Zack Snyder took elements from Superman TAS and adapted that into into his uh, um, films, but of course Lois gets a call from uh, Peterson, uh, voiced by John Rubenstein, who's also in Lois and Clark, and uh, he, he's basically telling her, "Look, you know, get over to the museum. You know, I have something for you. I want to help you out." Of course, earlier in the episode, uh, he realized that like his life and his work was in peril because Flex was beginning to suspect that something was going on. And, of course, you find out that Lex and Mercy, <laughs> you know, they coerced uh, Peterson into giving up Lois, and they're leading her into a trap, which is ultimately designed to trap. lead Superman into a trap. It's a trap. But uh, the, a little piece of home is, is again, I, I can't help but say how much I love the episode, because you get so many great moments uh, with all the characters, and uh it, It's easily probably one of my favorite Lex episodes, but it's also one of my favorite Superman episodes uh, because pretty much everything Superman does in this episode is what I love about the character. Uh, He's a, he's a big, you know, superhero in in the, in the golden age style stylizations of what superheroes should be. Uh, It honors the mythos of everything that like Siegel and Schuster created along with John Byrne and so many other great, you know, artists and writers and you get a big, giant t-rex. T-Rex.
1: Yeah, you know, you get that T-Rex from Jurassic Park here, you know, the modernized uh, T-Rex.
0: Yeah, let, let's point out that this episode happened in 1996. Uh, Jurassic Park was 92. Three. and 93. Yes. And then you have Lost <laughs> World, which was in 97. Yeah. So, mid-90s, dinosaur, I mean, they're still a big thing, but dinosaurs yeah. at this point were every day. At
1: their height, just because of Jurassic uh, Park. Yeah, so you know they're definitely Thank playing into that. Thank you, Steven Spielberg.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Um, that would have been a cool thing. if Steven Spielberg ever directed... To do a
1: Superman movie?
0: Yeah, that would be cool.
1: Someone call him. I, I feel
0: like J.J. Abrams would probably be the closest director to delivering a Spielbergian take on the character. Mm. But if Spielberg had directed Superman, I think that would have been, like, be a amazing. very cool movie. You probably would have had, like, Tom Hanks as, like, maybe, uh, like, Superman or maybe Lex Luthor. But... If you have Zach <laughs> Levi as Shazam, I think Tom Hanks could have been a pretty cool Superman. You know, they, they, know. We're throwing stuff to, out there, but it. You know, it, it would have been interesting. But, of course, Superman has to take on the T-Rex. The T-Rex is right. motorized and operated by Lex Luthor. They're trapped in a room that's closed uh, by lead doors. And, yeah. of course, uh, Kryptonite's in the room. Superman's weak. And the only person that could save the day right now is Lois. So she realizes that okay, if I get my hands on kryptonite and make a basketball shot, <laughs> shot and get the kryptonite rock into this uh, lead, uh, it's like a cup, like a cup, cup like cup that that's on display. It just um, happens
1: to be made out of lead, you know. I I mean, to me, I've never heard of a lead cup. To be honest, so the fact that there's one there, it must be one of a kind. It must be one of a kind cup. And she she shoots, she scores, she gets the Michael Jordan in.
0: And I mean, there there goes Lois. She saves the day. The dinosaur is about to close its mouth Its mouth on Lois. Superman flies her out the way. We're getting all the great opening shots from the intro. Superman's, of course, I'm sorry. Out. He
1: just gets smacked like so quickly. Yeah, he gets he smacked lands. by the I'm tail. Sorry.
0: And he's getting tossed around. And again, we're we're just reinforcing the idea that Superman does get beaten up. Uh, he tosses like, you know, the dino bones at the dinosaur. Just stabs him and with the bone. And of course, he stabs the dinosaur with the bone. Lex gets he's up, starting to get pissed. he's upset, the dinosaur is coming down, Superman grabs the dino by the jaw, rips, rips it apart, jaw-o. and we get the classic Lex moment where he smashes his de- hand down on the controls, and Superman curls up the lead container, you know, with kryptonite <laughs> in it, and that's it. And he-,
1: he throws it into space, like he just chucked that <laughs> thing into space like it was like the ball ballgame. I there. think he
0: actually just crumpled it up and brought it to Star Labs i thought he chucked in the space right here <laughs> he has it in his hands
1: yo i swear he chucked it in the space <laughs> at the end of the episode like right here like wait 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 i i swear to god he, he, he has I, it right I, in his hands yo i swear he chucked it. he chucks it oh it sounds right he, he did. chucks it he did why are you trying to deny me i know <laughs> what i saw i told you i have good memory
0: but now we're at an episode where you have this like island Ancient scientist Dick's. Digging, and he like tosses this rock, and what do you see? But More kryptonite. kryptonite off to the side. Superman chucked it into space. As I, as I, have been corrected, which I yes, stand corrected. Steven. Don't and, don't um, deny my memory. <laughs> and of course, um, that brings it to an end of a little piece of home. Uh, again, I have to point out, just like I really, really love this episode yeah, this so is a much. Good episode.
1: like, honestly, like after. The last one of the Krypton parts, I feel like each episode is, you know, starting to get like better and better because last one of Krypton is like, okay, first episode's good. Second episode was amazing. Third episode was good. And now we're getting to great, great. And I feel like it's just going to get even greater from there.
0: Yeah. You're really getting into uh the aspect of like these animators and writers doing what they do best and, and really telling good, compelling stories in a, and, you know, really within like a 24, 25 minute format Uh, and they just really touch on timeless aspects of the character. You have, again, like I said, you have like a little bit of golden age, silver age aspects of Superman, you know, represented here. Uh, you have great voice work. Again, Linda Edelstein, uh, voiced Mercy, uh, Clancy Brown, terrific as Lex, uh, Dana Delaney, of course, as, uh, Lois Lane and Tim Daly as Superman. Uh, Tim Daly is actually my favorite version of Superman, and I like that as we're getting into the series, Superman's talking more. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at, like, the first two, like, earlier episodes that we did, he, he really doesn't talked. really talk that much.
1: He just did postures and, like,
0: yeah. his way through postures. and when you get Kevin Conroy's performance as Bruce Wayne and Batman, there's a lot of dialogue that he had. Whereas uh, a lot of the dialogue that Tim Daly has in this, it's more of, like, his musings or his reaction to things. And then a lot of, like, uh ah You know, and stuff like that, where it's not so much like, not so fast, Metello, or (laughs) stuff like that. And uh, I like hearing Superman speak more because you really get, again, the strength and the authority of Superman, but it's not like authority as a bully or like power corrupting him, but you get him more as like this warm uh, figure, and you can kind of understand how people would like him, you know, for those that, that are fans Uh, and also it does kind of play on the characterization of Christopher Reeve, where Superman's somebody that flies by and you're looking up in the sky to see. Um, but I do want to point out that I, I think, um, in the way they've characterized Superman so far, and I want to pull up like a quote or something that I read in a magazine, or it might've been a message board around the time of Man of Steel, uh, I don't really remember where it was, but somebody had said that Henry Cavill's basically the closest thing that we're seeing to a live action take on Superman, the animated series. And I want to mm. point that out that his portrayal of Superman, given the material that he was allowed to work with within uh, man of steel, uh, BVS and justice league uh, more. So I'd say B- uh, BVS uh, and a little bit of man of steel. It's very much like this where mm he's not really smiling all the time. And he's not really, you know, like kind of like, yeah, he's very serious, uh, but he's very direct and he knows what he's doing. And Mm -hmm. I like that take on Superman. And he's
1: kind of, and also there's another thing too, what people point out over the years after Man of Steel is that he's messy. Uh, Superman and Man of Steel and BVS is messy. That's why the whole debate over whether, you know, is he a God or is he like, is he here for good? Is he here for bad? Because of how much destruction was at the end of Man of Steel's because, you know, He's a uh, because I believe also they took it from uh, the new fifty two as well. Yeah, there were like, a lot of new fifty two. Yeah, elements, so like sure. a more like reckless. Uh, not really. I want to say too reckless, but like, you know, like he's trying to save the yeah, city. I, while I also think you know. You're, yeah,
0: you're looking at like Superman as he's first starting out. And, yeah, and I think with storytelling that you have now, people are a little more aware of the fan. Fantastical, like the fantasy aspects yeah. of, of a story like no one gets versus hurt. reality and i think with audiences being a little sharper they want something that that feels a little more realistic yeah so i think within you know the context of what audiences wanted from a 1978 movie of course changes to when you get to a 2013 movie but i like that in the 90s series you do see superman struggle and mm-hmm. uh if you read superman adventures the comic book series Uh, The Superman Adventures series is set within the very early days of Superman. He hasn't been Superman for that long. And I think it's referenced that he's like 27 or 28, uh, whereas like in Man of Steel, he's 33 when, when he fully establishes himself as Superman. And so you're getting like a late 20s, early 30s Superman where, you know, he hasn't been doing it all that long, so he's still learning as evident in A Little Piece of Home, you know, he hasn't even come up against Kryptonite yet. So you get the recklessness of Superman where he doesn't think anything could really hurt him until he finds out that something can't just hurt him, but it could kill him. Mm. And I think that really goes well with, like, Man of Steel, where he's faced against a threat that's far beyond what he's ever come up against in his life. And you have, like, General Zod, who's like says like either you know you die or i do and and faced with that choice you know like there's no other way around it but somebody's gonna die but also, it can't be like, no, wait, slow down. You know, stop hitting me. You know, like, we're going through buildings. It's kind of like a barroom <laughs> fight. You're fighting someone in a bar. Mm-hmm. You know, glass is going to get broken. You know, a chair might get broken. People but get hurt. Yeah, between Superman and Zod, the barroom fight is the scale of a city. Yeah. And there's no stopping it until somebody does stop it. Mm-hmm. But A Little Piece of Home is a great episode. Again, it's Very one of my episode. favorites. Uh, I want to know uh, if you really enjoyed this episode uh, I'm, you know, I want to post a few things about this on, on Instagram and, and on Twitter. And if you're following us at Saturday morning, Superman show on Instagram or, or at set, uh, Superman show on Twitter, uh, I want to hear your thoughts on a little piece of home. Did you like it? Did you love it? Uh, are you as uh, much a fan of mercy as I am? Uh, do, do you like the music? You know, just all those kind of aspects. And also, if there's any aspects that we pointed out that you like, let us know. And if there's anything that we might have missed, you know, let us know, too. And we could definitely, you know, um, address that later on. Uh, But we hope you're enjoying Saturday morning Superman show as we're going through the first season of Superman, the animated series. Uh, Justin, you know, if you're if you're just tuning in, my co-host, Justin, Mm -hmm. who's who's great um you might want to follow him on social media please do (laughs) and where can they find you
1: you could find me at justin candelaria on instagram and also prime critic entertainment on instagram as well
0: and you could find me on instagram at sherbert danny jr uh you could also find me on twitter at reggie mantle iii and if you like universal monsters universe Google Universal Monsters Universe and follow everything that we're doing as we cover the classic monsters, the modern monsters, and if you love comic books and you love toys and you love Funko Pops and you like all of that stuff, and if you're in the New York area or you're paying visit to the New York area, please visit Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic shop in Forest Hills, Queens, New York, uh, which also are proudly backing us as we do this show. Thank you, everyone. Be peaceful and have a great week. The Saturday Morning Superman Show is brought to you in part by Royal Collectibles, your friendly neighborhood comic book shop located in Forest Hills, Queens, New York, offering some of the best in pop culture needs and collectibles. And um, I'm really I'm, I'm <laughs> we're gonna have to edit that out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, probably. Okay. We'll, probably we'll edit that out, and then yeah. that'll be the blooper.
1: Yeah, that'll be the blooper. <laughs> okay. Blah, blah, blah.
0: Oh.